everybody my name is Ashley and I am going to be your host of the restored and rooted podcast I wanted to start this series off with my testimony I have episodes ready and I sat with God and really worked through a lot of this stuff so that I'm making sure that God is sitting with me when I'm recording the content when I'm planning what I'm going to record because I don't want this to ever be anything that doesn't glorify him but God made it very clear to me yesterday when I was driving that there's power in my testimony and I need to begin to be more comfortable with sharing my testimony with others and stop kind of being scared of it. So I'm trusting God. I don't know if in my flesh I am completely ready to share my testimony, but I am trusting God and trusting that my testimony is going to reach someone and touch someone right where they are and give them the strength and they'll receive a word. So first, I thank everyone for being here. Anyone who's listening right now, thank you so much and welcome on this podcast. We'll just be talking about anything Jesus, anything Christ life. If you have any suggestions, definitely let me know. You can hit me up on Instagram or comment below. Mostly, I just really want to cater to the audience of people that are just seeking. You're just seeking. You're ready to press in. You're on fire for Jesus. I've prayed about it and I'm trusting him and I'm pretty sure that this is the direction that this is going. We are going to light some fires today and that's the plan. Also, I want to give a trigger warning. If you are triggered by anything with suicide, domestic violence, explicit content, like sexual content, then definitely think before you listen. My testimony is pretty graphic and, and it's pretty sad, actually. Also, don't listen to this in the car with your kids. If you're with your kids, I would recommend that you listen to this in your own time when you're by yourself so that you can receive and you're not having to tell your kids to cover their ears or turn it off in the middle so that you can actually listen to the whole thing because it is going to be very good. So let's get started. I am 28 years old. I am married to the guy I've been with since I was 17 years old and we have two children together. So we have our two kids and we also take care of my 13 year old sister. She lives with me and I was born in Pennsylvania. I do have two sisters. Like I said, I have my younger sister who was born when I was about 16 years old. And then I have an older sister who is about a year and a half older than me. Her name is Miranda and she's like the awesomest. I love her so much. <laughs> she's like my best friend and she's probably going to listen to this. So like shout out to you, sis. I love you. But my birth father wasn't around when I was a kid so my stepfather brought me home from the hospital and raised me and my life was pretty normal except we we were like pretty broke our electricity got cut off a lot we always struggled but like we were ultimately a very happy family like we got along well holidays were the absolute best my parents loved each other very very much i remember being in their wedding and that was pretty cool so my childhood for the most part was typical it was normal uh, it wasn't anything too bad, but we did struggle a lot at the beginning. In my younger years, a vivid memory that I have is us getting kicked out of our place and our landlord putting all of our stuff on the side of the street and having to sit out there with my dad because people were trying to steal our stuff and it was just a mess. So we did struggle. We are not new to a struggle. I remember boiling water to take hot baths at one point. So we struggled, but my mom worked hard. She worked at a truck stop and was in college. And my dad, unfortunately, did get sick. He worked for the state for a while and he drove Greyhound bus and then he got sick. Other than that, my life was pretty normal. I went to AA meetings with my dad. My dad was a recovering drug addict and I would go to these AA meetings with him all the time and meet his AA friends and I learned about recovery at a very, very young age. So my parents did not shield us from the realities of that. My dad was very open and honest about his addictions. Before he passed away, he was clean for, I think, 17 or 18 years. So my entire childhood, my father was not addicted to hard drugs. 
sucks. But my dad did get very sick. He had a liver transplant and stopped driving Greyhound bus. And he went forward to end up needing a kidney. And my mom was going to give him a kidney. So they were trying to save a lot of money. And we spent a lot of time at the hospital. My dad was on dialysis two days a week. And he went into comas a couple of times. He kept getting infections at the site where his catheter was, where they do the dialysis. If you any, know anything about dialysis, you get a catheter and the blood goes in and out of the catheter so that you can stay alive. And it cleans your blood and puts it back in your body. So his catheter sites kept getting infected. So he had probably been in four to five comas over a period of maybe two years of my childhood when I was like nine, 10 years old. So we spent a lot of time in the hospital. I was bullied a lot. I didn't have a lot of friends. I had a couple of friends that were really close to me that were ride or die in my life. <laughs> but other than that, I did not have very many friends. I didn't I don't know. I didn't want to. I was kind of like to myself, but I was like a chubby kid and I dressed different from everyone. My dad was a drummer, so he was a musician and he was really old school, like super old school. So he'd buy me patent leather suede shoes and I wore sweater vests and I was such a dork. I, I was a straight A student in all of the advanced classes and I played music. So I played the piano tuba and the upright bass. I started playing piano in second grade. My dad put me in lessons and in our house we had this whole room that was designated just to music. So he had a drum set in there. My instruments were in there. He got us a piano and like that was just like where me and him would hang out. My dad was like literally my best friend. He brought me home from the hospital. We did everything together. Um, like everything. So yeah, I was just bullied a lot. I was very different than everyone. And I channeled all of that emotional trauma into music. But at a very young age, I can remember being exposed to sexually explicit content on TV. I found a box of pornos in my parents' closet. I was like, oh, what is this? And it really kind of messed with me. Like you'll hear in my testimony how sexual immorality was like the biggest stronghold on my life. And I can think back to being a kid and how like that started when I was a kid. The enemy was indoctrinating me from a child to struggle with this sexual immorality. I was really desensitized to it. But for the most part though, my family, we did grow up in church. We went to church every single Sunday, pretty much. We were very involved in church. My parents served. My dad was on the worship team. He played drums with the worship ministry. I was in the choir. My parents went to Bible studies. We were a church-going family, but I personally was never really taught how to have an actual relationship with Jesus. I knew I knew there was a God. I've always believed there was a God no matter where I, life took me, but I didn't know the significance. I didn't know about the Trinity. I didn't know. I just didn't know, you know, like I can't, my parents didn't really teach me specifically to have a relationship with Jesus. It was just, we were just a part of the church pretty much. And all I cared about was going to Sunday school and coloring and singing the Bible songs. Like I am a C, I am a CH, you know, that's all I cared about. So my dad ended up dying when I was 12. He went into a coma that he did not come out of and it devastated my family. Um, my sister took it, my older sister took it very hard. She, she did not, like she was a mess. Her and my dad didn't have the best relationship and that was kind of hard because my dad and I, he was my best friend. Like if you saw him, you saw me, period. Like you did not see him without me unless I was at school, you know? I was his right hand. So me and him were so close, but him and my older sister were not as close as we were. So I know that kind of favoritism in a way played a big part in that but my sister did take my father's death extremely extremely hard even to this day it is something that like is her biggest trigger so I I took it hard of course like I lost my best friend 
but I kind of internalized it. I didn't even know how to process that. I was just trying to stay strong for my mom because my mom just didn't have the best emotional maturity. So I felt like for some reason, like I had to be emotionally mature and I was kind of more of the level-headed one out of the three of us. And to this day, I think, I mean, my sister and my mom might think otherwise, but I'm like the the mediator, I'm the peacemaker. I've always, that's always been a character trait of mine. My dad died when I was 12 and we moved to Florida. My dad was originally from Florida. So he is buried here with his mom in Orlando. So we moved down here and that sucked. I'm still here. I'm the only one left. My mom and my older sister live in Georgia now, but Florida changed me. I don't know if it was like culture shock or just like being exposed to so much more, but Florida changed me. Like when I moved here, I was bullied way worse than when I was in Pennsylvania. When I was in Pennsylvania, it was always like a competition to see who was smarter. And when I moved here, it was like, if you were smart, your life was miserable. So my mom ended up meeting a guy and she had another baby, which is my little sister, And but she got cancer. So my mom has had cancer a couple of times and I just remember this being like such a hard time for our family. And my mom had my little sister, but she couldn't take care of her because she was on radiation. So my older sister had to ultimately take care of my little sister and really like provide for her physical well-being and make sure that she had clean diapers and feed her and help my mom in that because the guy that my mom was with that got her pregnant, my sister's dad, he was in nursing school. If you know anything about nursing school, like that's a full-time job in itself and he was working. So he wasn't around very much. He was just trying to provide and keep the roof over our heads. So my older sister really stepped up to the plate and I was just so lost in my own crap. I started smoking weed and running with the wrong people and just trying to fit in. I just wanted to fit in so bad. I don't know why I wanted to fit in so bad. I just wanted friends and none of the friends that I had were even good friends. Like they all sucked. I had one friend that I was super close to. She was like my best friend and I don't know. I just can think back to it and like our friendship was so fake. So now as an adult, I'm like, I just was not hanging with people that cared about me. My friends did not care about me. And I know that they didn't care about me. Just, it was just bad influences after bad influence. And until I became the bad influence. So when my mom had my little sister, I had gotten pregnant. I was 15 at the time when my mom was pregnant. And I got pregnant. I ended up losing my virginity and dating this guy. And I thought I was so in love with him, but he was just cheating on me left and right. I was just so insecure. The first guys to give me any attention, I was like all over that. And so he got me pregnant and I went into labor early, extremely early. I was only 24 weeks pregnant when I went into labor and I gave birth to this baby when I was 15. And the baby was only one pound, 12 ounces. And my baby died. He did not live. He lived for a day and a half. And my mom was there. And my little sister's dad was there. And he was very supportive. Like, he helped pay for me to stay in Tampa with the baby. It was so hard. The guy I was dating at the time was such a douche. Like, he was terrible. All he cared about was video games. A week after our baby died, he was already with a new girl. Like, he did not care about me or anything, really. We threw a memorial service for my baby, and it turned into, like, this humongous blowout fight between my family and his family. And it was just a ghetto mess. And I'm just like, my son just died. Like, our baby just died, and it was a nightmare. It was really just a nightmare. It was disgusting, and I just went into such a dark place after that. 
and I can't even describe how I just went to such a dark place after that and my sister she was just over it everything that was going on with my mom my mom was just so obsessed with this guy and it was just bad so my older sister she left she moved to Georgia with our aunt I was just I was so I was alone after I had my baby though before my sister moved I just started getting into a lot of trouble I got kicked out of school for fighting and doing all types of things I wasn't supposed to be doing I totaled my mom's car took it without her permission and I told her car I got caught in the backseat of this boy's car that snitched on me and told the cops that I had weed and I got in big trouble for that and I was already had an open case for getting a fight in school so then I was on probation so it was just really bad I was just a really bad teenager if I regret anything in my life it is how I behaved when I was a teenager if I knew what I know now, I would have done things so much different, but I can't change the past. All I can do is move forward. So I was just doing, living this hot mess of a life and I was drinking and I was just sleeping with dudes that I didn't really even like. I was just so desperate for attention and desperate for love. I was getting no love from anywhere in my life like no one my my big sister was my best friend she was like my only friend like she would defend me against anyone and it was heartbreaking when she left and I don't blame her of course of course I'm not mad at her she had to do what she had to do but god I wish that my sister would have been able to stay with me because that was hard like I missed her so much and she would come down and visit of course and we would get together and we would have so much fun we would go to parties my big sister was really like even to this day she's my best friend so that was hard and then I met my husband my now husband we didn't get married until a few years ago but I met my husband when I was 17. he was a mess too we were both a hot freaking mess but I met him and I was like, wow, this man is gorgeous. <laughs> like he was like a picture of everything that I wanted when I was a kid. If I could have dreamed up this perfect bad boy, that was my husband. My husband was tatted up. He was mysterious. He didn't talk a lot. And he just was like, I don't know. He was just like your typical bad boy and that's what I wanted so we ended up hooking up and getting together and the summer that I spent with him that summer was like the highlight summer of my teenage years it was such a good time we had so much fun we did so much reckless stuff like I can't even I won't even put us on blast like that on here because we were just reckless it was terrible we spent the summer on Denian Causeway just kayaking out to islands just being outlaws like had so much fun but after I got pregnant or maybe a little bit before I got pregnant maybe a month or so before I got pregnant our relationship started to become violent we would fist fight each other like we were just we would just go at it I refused to be a little bi and he refused to back down and his friends are always around and we would just like go at it we would tussle we would straight up beat each other up like I, I don't know it was just bad and so I got pregnant and we were gonna break up we were actually not gonna stay together and then I found out I was pregnant so we were like okay we can make this work and I moved in with him and his stepdad and his mom and they were just they were addicted to drugs like pain medication and I didn't know at the time that my husband was addicted to pain meds and at this time I was just smoking a bunch of weed and I would drink once I got pregnant of course I stopped drinking and everything but I didn't know that my husband had like this addiction and you would think growing up learning about addiction and everything that I would be a better person to like understand but I couldn't like I didn't understand it so my husband ended up getting in trouble and getting arrested 
And then I think he was on probation and probation didn't go very well. So he violated and he had a warrant out for his arrest. And this was like right towards the end of my pregnancy. We were about to give birth to our daughter. He was pretty much on the run and he was able to be there and see our daughter be born, which was great. But after she was born, he did end up turning himself in. He just wanted to see her, like, see her born, be there for the first day or two of her life. And he, a couple, three day, three or four days after she was born, he turned himself in and did, I think, a six-month, three to six months, something like that, bid in county jail. At that time, I was staying with his parents, and I started taking Xanax because I was so stressed out and anxious, and I had to move out. From living with them it was just so stressful it was just bad it was terrible and i didn't know how to cope with this new baby so i moved in with one of my friends and she was a dancer and i had never been to a strip club in my life i had just turned 18 like i had my daughter three days before my 18th birthday so she was dancing and i was like well i don't have a job right now i could i need to make some money let me try it out so she took me and helped me pick out some shoes and I went to the strip club and I made money. Like I made money. So I was like, you know what? I could do this. And at that time, of course, I wasn't old enough to drink in the club anyway. But, and I wasn't really like a heavy drinker after I had my daughter because I didn't drink my entire pregnancy. So there was no urge for me to want to drink like that. So I would dance and all I would do, I would just get jacked up on Red Bull, man. And I would just go in there and I would make money. I didn't do like extra stuff in the back. Like I was, I was a good girl in the club and like the guys loved that. I don't know why, but they did, you know, but I made money and I had fun at that time. Like to me, it was fun. I was 18. I was making more money than I had ever seen in my entire life. I was taking care of my daughter to the best of my ability. And then my husband got out of jail and he didn't know I was dancing. Like, I didn't tell him. So when he found out, he was very mad. But I kept doing it. I kept dancing because I'm like, well, you know, we have to provide for ourselves somehow. My friend, we were roommating together and my husband was staying with us with the baby and she got a different place. So we had to move and we moved back into a new house with my husband's parents. And you can only imagine how bad it was because they were addicted to pain meds. My husband was using whatever and it just got bad things. We were just fighting all the time and I was like, we can't put our daughter through this. Like, we cannot let our kid go through this. She is going to grow up and she is going to hate us. So we were like, we have to just move. So we left and I stayed with my mom and everything was kind of okay. And then my little sister's dad came by to drop off some pizza and tried to force his way into the apartment and my mom was out of town. So I was watching my little sister and my daughter and I don't know if he was on something or what, but I had just gotten out of the showers and my towel. He tried to force the screen door open. I slammed his hand or his face or something in the screen door and then he just came busting in into the kitchen and we just were fist fighting in the kitchen. I was naked, my towel fell off and my neighbor heard everything and she came running in and she called the cops and he got arrested for domestic violence for whatever. And I was like, okay, well I protected these kids, like that's all that matters. But when my mom got back, I found out that my mom put her car up to bond him out of jail. And I was like, wow. Like, I already didn't feel loved. I didn't feel wanted. All I cared about was money. I was like, if I can make enough money to provide for my kid, like, I don't need none of y'all. I don't need to put up with this. I don't need to put up with people that don't really love me. But I was like, I can't stay here anymore. And I didn't have anywhere to go with my daughter. So my husband's aunt offered to take her in. And my husband was like, this is the best option. Like, I don't know what else, what else we can do. And I didn't want to do it. I really did not want to do it. Like, <laughs> I can't express to you how much I did not want to do it. But I, all I could think in my head is I am not mentally able to give this little girl what she needs like i hate myself i hate everybody in my life 
I'm going to start to hate her. And I didn't ever want to hate my daughter or hurt her or put her in a situation where she didn't have everything that she needs. So I did it. We did temporary custody. And my daughter has lived such a good life. I am grateful that I did it because I would go on to like literally suffer. Signing those papers and having my daughter go with my husband's aunt was the hardest thing that I had to do up to that moment in my life. Like I had lost a child, lost my dad, been in fights, been in strip clubs, gone through so much. But losing, having to sign that was hard because my daughter was the one person in my life that I knew would always love me. Like, I knew she loved me. I didn't have to question whether my daughter loved me, even when I didn't love myself. But I loved her so much that I didn't want to hurt her. And I knew that I was a ticking time bomb. And I had to do what was best for her. So, I'm sorry. It still makes me emotional, but I'm so proud of this little girl. So, she went with my husband's aunt and I just went on a downward spiral. I started selling my body. I started meeting with customers outside of outside of the club. I got pregnant by one and had to get an abortion. I was just a lost, scared girl. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I loved my husband. We still weren't married at the time, but I loved him so much, but I didn't know how to love him because I didn't know how to love myself. My husband didn't know how to love me, like, because he didn't love himself. So we were just in such a toxic cycle. It was, it was really, really depressing. If I could think back, I was so scared. I was so scared, but I just pretended like I was so confident, but like, I was scared. I was petrified, but I was like, as long as I get my money, as long as I make this money, that's all that matters. So my husband ended up getting in some trouble and violating probation and going to prison for 18 months. And while my husband is in prison, it just got worse. I became highly addicted to powder in the club, highly, highly addicted, every single day user. I was drinking alcohol every single day to the point that I was blacked out drunk. Some days I was prostituting myself in the club and outside of the club. I was just, I was just a mess. Like I was a mess. I didn't see my daughter. When I did see her, it was very brief. My husband's aunt, I would just get in these big fights with her because like I just felt so out of control that I wanted to have control of something. And, and, and if it was like this little girl came out my body, like why, why? why like why is this happening like why is my life have to be like this like why sorry um so i was just in a bad place in the club i sold my soul to the bar stool that was just the reality of it but my husband ended up getting out of prison when i was kind of at like my lowest i was just dirty felt dirty taking three four showers a day because i just felt dirty even if I didn't work that day, I just felt dirty. I was just, I didn't know what to do. I really did not know what to do. And my husband got out of prison and we got back together and he was like, I want you to get out of that life. Like you have to get out of that life. We can't do this. We need to get our daughter back. We need to do better. So he always had a pretty decent moral compass. He was a, not a good person. Neither of us were good people. Like just because we loved each other didn't mean we were good people. We weren't. But he always had this guide. He was always just trying. He's like, well, at least we can do is try, right? <laughs> now today, like I know it's like either you do it or you don't. But then we were trying, right? We were striving in our own flesh. But I was like, yeah. So I moved in with him and his dad. But I didn't know that my husband was using again. And it was bad. That, that was pretty bad. He was using something that I had never experienced anything like it. So I got pregnant with our son 
And I was just like, I'm going to change my life. I got in school. I got some money from school, got a car. Once I got a car, I found a good job and I was doing me. And my husband, he went to rehab and he got sober and we rented a room from a friend of mine from back when I was in the club. And now if you know anything about restarting your life when it's like a dog going back to their vomit I went back to my vomit and I was hanging around people from my old life and that was where I messed up because then I got stagnant so my outward appearing life was together to the world if you didn't know the things I was actually doing you would think that I was doing pretty good for myself I got a better paying job after my son was born. I went back to work from maternity leave and I got a better paying job at a finance company. So I was literally working in mutual funds. I was making more money than I had ever made at an actual real job in my life, making a consistent paycheck, had really good benefits. My husband was working, making good money. And we were, we were good. We were good on the outside to the world. We were good. But on the inside, we were drinking I had started doing something called FinDom, which is financial dominatrix. So I was literally mentally abusing men for a living. I was just calling them scums of the earth, just treating them like dirt for money. And I made a lot of money doing it. I met some guy that was pretty popular in like the fetish world. And he offered to pay me a crazy amount of money to kick him in his privates and i was like okay so i made a lot of money and i recorded it to kind of like share with my audience to try to get more customers and somehow my husband's aunt that had my daughter got a hold of this video and she showed it to my husband just exploited me um i exploited myself ultimately but that is something that i wish that like there was so many people in my life that knew my story because most of them know my story my testimony for the most part and have spent time with me i needed help i needed somebody to love me i needed somebody to tell me that like you are better you can do this i needed a savior right i needed jesus more than i needed anybody in the flesh but i still needed fellowship i needed somebody and instead of like being there for me like people in my life just would just exploit me they would just mock me almost and like make fun of me and it was like something traumatic in me that made me just like flip because I had been bullied my entire life and I just felt like everyone in my life was bullying me if you don't agree with what I'm doing if you see something bad happening say something like be there for me come help me like I need help I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know how to make this life work. I don't know what to do. And, you know, it, that was hard. So she shared it with my husband and his sister. And my husband has not been the same since. He kind of took on the identity of one of these men. And it really messed with his head. Like, it really messed with his head. But my husband and I, we ended up staying together. And he kind of suffered through it. And I was just such a B-I-T-C-H that I just, I had was become so callous to other people's feelings. I didn't even care. I didn't care if I hurt anyone's feelings anymore because I was so hurt. I'm like, all people have done in my life is hurt me. My husband had called me some of the nastiest things I had ever been called in my entire life over the course of our relationship. And I wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I was terrible. But I had just been so emotionally and physically battered up to this point that I did not care. I did not care. All I cared about was my son. Like, even to the point, like, I, I had given up almost on my daughter. I had almost given up my daughter. I'm like, I am so exhausted of fighting with this lady. I'm so tired of begging for help. I'm so tired of begging for people to care. And I just, like, I had given up. Like, I was just like, I don't care. As long as I can provide a good life for my son, that's all I care about. Um, and at the time, I did have a relationship with my daughter, but it wasn't a good one. Like, it wasn't, like, as intimate and loving. But we had had enough money to get our own place and I had a falling out with the girl I was living with at the time. So by the time we had moved into this new place, my husband was so deep in with drugs that like it was literally all that mattered. And I was so deep into living a double life and everybody knew what I was doing by then. So I didn't even care anymore. I'm just like, I was sold out. I was just all in. 
So my husband and I began to beat on each other and drink every single day to the point that finally we had fought one day so bad that the cops came and the next day DCF came and took our son or it was like a day or two after DCF came and they took our son from us and that was the first removal. I got my son back a couple of months after that. Like I said, like on paper, I was the perfect mom. On paper, I was the perfect mom, but I was hiding skeletons in my closet. I was living a double life and I was double-minded. And that is the worst thing that you can do in life is live a double life because you will be exposed. There is no way to live a double life and not be found out. And my husband was so freaking over it that he was ready to tell everyone my business. A lot of the things he even said weren't even true, um, but he was just like so messed up from the drugs and then mentally he was crippled too. So he was just like, he didn't care. He was like, whatever. Like he did not care. He would tell, scream it to the rooftops. Like he did not care. So I got our son back and my husband and I were just like, I don't know, we were just a hot mess. Uh, he was in and out of programs. He couldn't s stay in one place. Um, we were hiding, uh, seeing each other. We weren't supposed to be together with our son because he hadn't finished his parts of the case plan. So we were trying to sneak behind DCF's back and didn't want them to find out. And it was just bad all, all across the board. Before I moved to Georgia, I was working three jobs and one of them, I was selling shots at the strip club. So I had slowly made my way back into the strip club and then I started dancing again. And then it was just like this ripple effect. There was a big fight between my husband and I, my foot got broken. It was just like really bad. And I just packed myself up and I left. But when I got there, DCF told me that I had to come back, that I wasn't allowed to leave the state with my son. And when I did come back, of course, my husband was coming around all the time and I was letting him come around like I'm not innocent. And we lost our son again. And that second time, that was it. That was the the moment that everything changed. I was like, I'm going to do this right this time. Like, I'm tired of living a double life. I'm exhausted. I want my friendships back with my family. I want my relationships back. I want to know that the people that are in my life love me like I need that. So my husband was like, let's go to church. And I was like, okay. And at this time he had like two ankle monitors on, one for alcohol, one was a GPS monitor or something like that. It was so bad because he had been arrested so many times for domestic violence stuff just for us to just get back together. That's how toxic we were. So I was like, okay, let's go. So we go to this church and I got a word. I got, we went up for prayer and I started going to small groups. And when I was going to small groups, I was asked to do this thing called freedom. And that was a really pivotal moment for me. The woman that led our group, she was like everything to me. I was obsessed with her. I'm still obsessed with her. <laughs> I love her so much. Like she was awesome. She really had my back. I would call her some nights and I would just be a mess. And she would just pray over me and speak life into me and pour into me. She was like, "You, the devil can't have your kids. The devil can't have your marriage. The devil can't have your, your family. Like you need to stand in the gap for your family. Like she would just pour into me. And oh my gosh, I just got goosebumps. Like this woman, I had never, this was the first person in I think my entire life that showed me love like that that really loved me. I knew that like my mom and my sister loved me, but they lived in a different state. There was nothing they could do for me. And this woman loved me like, whew, she loved me. She showed me how someone that is in your life that cares about you actually will care about you. That's what I learned from this woman. And I love that. I love her so much. But I, I after having like this relationship with her and building this friendship with her, I didn't want to live a double life anymore. I didn't, I was like, I don't need validation from here and there. Like, I don't need these men to tell me this or that. Like, I don't need it. I, I got Jesus. I didn't really know Jesus the way I know him now in his fullness, but that was a pivotal moment. That, that was when like something clicked in my mind that 
there is something, there is someone out there that loves you more than you can even understand. You don't have to do this to yourself. You do not have to sell your body. You do not have to feel alone. You don't have to burn bridges. You don't have to drink yourself into, into the dark. You don't have to do that anymore because somebody loves you. And that's what Jesus was for me. Like Jesus was the one that loved me that never left ever. Like every moment that I was in pain and I was hurting myself or someone else was hurting me, Jesus was laying down next to me. Like Jesus was right next to me, like trying to be there for me. And I didn't know who he was the way I know him today. And that changed me. That changed me meeting Jesus face to face. And then like, it changed me forever. Like I am forever changed. Like I'm, I'm never going back. I stopped drinking. I've been sober now for over two years. I had already stopped doing drugs when I got pregnant with my son. Jesus changed my life. I started going to another church. My husband had finished rehab and he went to a discipleship program, a local church. And I started going there and it was a Pentecostal church, you know, so I encountered the Holy Spirit in that church. I, God, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, like came in like a, like ax, like <laughs> the Holy Spirit. I was baptized in the spirit at that church. I, my husband and I both got baptized together in the same pool that our son would end up learning how to swim in he got we they got baptized together at the destiny house where my husband was at and uh yeah i am forever changed like the holy spirit just like i was baptized in the spirit like it was like fire and it was the whole thing and i got on the worship team and when i got on the worship team i started pressing in so when i say pressing in i mean studying the word almost every day i was going to prayer meetings I was going to church twice a week. I was pressing in to God and Jesus just met me, dude. Like I, I remember sitting on my couch and it was right before fire night. It was before Pentecost. We were doing like a fire night service with uh, worship. And I had the worst rehearsal for that fire night because like I was being spiritual warfare. Like it was insane. And I was just so emotional for no reason. I'm like, I can't do the harmonies. Like, I was just a hot mess. I don't know why. My pride and my ego were just a brick wall. And I just remember sitting on the couch and the pastor had texted me and she was just like, you know, there's residents in, in worship. So just press in. You got to press in. And I was like, okay, girl, I can do that. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening to Worship You on YouTube and... I'm talking about God invaded my living room. My son was in the room sleep and God invaded my living room. And all I could hear was God telling me, I'm here and I forgive you. You are forgiven. You are clean. And I started crying. Oh my gosh, I got goosebumps again. Like I started crying like a baby and I, I could physically feel like, Jesus's arms around me like it was like the warmest hug I had ever gotten and from that day on nobody can tell me that God's not real nobody can tell me that there isn't a savior because I was made clean a girl that sold her body for years that has done some disgusting stuff a girl that was on drugs that was an alcoholic that didn't care about her kids didn't care about anyone in their life that just was so lost and just a broken little girl i've been made clean jesus has wiped my slate clean i like so let me just share i'll give a little bit of the things that god has done in my life so far because i don't count any of this to myself because when i wasn't walking with jesus i couldn't accomplish this stuff i went to school dropped out I um, tried to be a parent, failed. Anything I tried to do without Jesus, I failed. And then the minute I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and I was baptized and then I was baptized in the spirit and then I chose to turn away from my double life and walk with the Lord, I graduated from college, y'all. 
I got a two-year degree in criminology, okay? So I graduated from college. I got my son back. I would go forward to do a custody case with my husband's aunt. And now today, me and her have an amazing relationship. I love that woman. Like, we don't always see eye to eye on everything, but we have learned through fighting for so many years to just put our own crap aside and just love each other because we love my daughter. I have an amazing relationship with her. We share custody of um, my daughter, not because I don't want my daughter back with me, but because it's what's best for my daughter. My daughter is in love with this woman. We just want the same thing. We want my daughter to be happy. So I graduated college have both of my kids my husband and i ended up getting married and he is still struggling with his addiction right now he is in a regenerative discipleship program for 10 and a half months so he's still working through the motions but he's in a much better place than he was in when we lost our son so god is working in his life and like everyone we are all praying and trusting god for his recovery my husband is fighting a very very hard battle and hopefully one day he'll be able to get on here and share his testimony because his testimony is going to change so many lives i know that in my heart i've always said like ever since i got saved i have been saying to my husband you have the oil god has blessed you with the oil your hands leak oil dude and he, he's like no no but i'm telling you like the I'm trusting God for his salvation because God has already done such amazing things in his life. So I'm married. God has blessed us with a new home. We have a bigger place now. Our My little sister lives here with me and my mother-in-law lives with us too. My little sister suffered with mental health issues. She really, really struggled for a very long time. She would self-mutilate and when she moved with me a year ago, she had been Baker acted maybe like eight or nine times. She hasn't been Baker acted in quite some time now. She is very stable. She is a straight A and B student in school right now. Her highest grade that she got on her recent progress report was in Bible study class. And we're talking about a girl that when she tested last year, when she moved with me, when she did IQ testing and all of that stuff, she was testing on a fourth grade third fourth grade reading level and math so god is working in her life man like god is doing such big things in her life i'm so proud of her so yeah god has completely transformed my entire life i i can't i can't even put into words the things that God has done in my life. And it wasn't without hard work though. Like it wasn't without a lot of time on my knees. It wasn't without fasting. It wasn't without trusting God when I didn't understand what was going on. It wasn't without removing people from my life. I have lost so many friendships and had to create so many boundaries. I really live a life where I stay in the safety of my home and I go to church and I go do stuff with the kids. And that's really it. Like. I'm I'm protecting my investment because I know what's out there in the world for me. So right now, I just don't feel comfortable putting myself in those positions. But yeah, like it wasn't without a lot of hard work. Not on my part though. Like I had the easy part. All I had to do was surrender. But the spirit worked hard. God worked hard. They put in work to change my life and I, all I had to do, like the hardest part was like, I had to get on my knees. I had to surrender everything, everything. I Not just the things that hurt, not just the areas that I wanted to surrender where, and I wasn't ready to surrender the other stuff because it was still hurting me. No, I had to lay it all at the feet of Jesus. I have done too many altar calls to count. To this day, I am a mess when a worship song comes on because I love Jesus so much. I can't express the gratitude, but all I had to do was surrender. That's it. And I think that that is the moral of the testimony here is that God can transform you. Jesus was there with me every step of the way. When I didn't feel loved, I hurt so many people in my life and I sold my soul, my body. I sold my body. Like guys used to pay me and take advantage of my body. And Jesus was with me. He was like, you don't know me yet, but you are going to, and you are going to be so happy. Jesus was with me. God was with me. I know that for a fact. I know that God has protected me because he knew that I was going to, I was going to figure it out. I was going to meet him 
and he was going to be able to have his way, but he had to let me, he had to let me go. Like I have free will. Everybody has free will. So, you know, I know that Jesus was with me. I know that he was with me when I would do drugs and I would be so blowed out of my mind that I couldn't sleep. And all I wanted to do was sleep. I would get on my knees and I'd be like, God, help me, please. And now I can get on my knees and I can say, God, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you. I repent for everything. I repent. I'm turning away. I'm choosing to leave it behind. Like, have your way with me. Have your way. So, yeah, that's my testimony. That is what God has done for me. Like, there's so much more. Over time, like, those things will reveal themselves as we talk about different topics. But, you know, I think that's the bread and butter of what God has done in my life. And I would be nothing without God. I'd probably be dead. Honestly, I would probably be dead. I... Every time I get in my car, I thank God that I don't drink anymore because I used to drink and drive a lot. I would be completely wasted and I would drink and drive. So like I would probably be dead. I really do believe that I would probably I would either have been killed by some random guy or I would have gotten into some type of car accident or even committed suicide. I've tried to commit suicide when I was younger and I was unsuccessful but yeah, I'd probably be dead. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So now moving forward, I just want to be used by God. And the Lord has made it very clear to me that I have a testimony for a reason. And I have seen a lot of things. I have been saved and clean for two plus years now. And like, I'm a big nerd. So I have spent a lot of time in the word, a lot of time studying God's character, a lot of time studying what God says I am, because I did, had no idea who I was. I didn't know what my identity was. I didn't know what any of that meant. And I have spent time with God. And now God is telling me that I need to share all of the things that he has taught me with others that need it so that they don't have to be that lost girl that didn't know or that lost boy that doesn't know. And that's what I have been called to be in this space. There's so many other things that God has called me to do. Like I bake heavenly cravings. Co is my baby. Um, but knowledge is power and we have been sanctioned to, you know, make disciples. And I think that that's what is going to happen here. And I'm trusting God to really use me as a vessel to meet people just that were just like me that are ready to be sold out for Jesus. God uses me to sell people out for Jesus. And I'm hoping that that's what can happen for you. So thank you so much for listening. Please like, share, follow, subscribe, whatever it is that happens. Like I'm so new to this, so I'm just really looking forward to seeing what God does. And I do have some actual substance and things coming up. Even if you've been a follower of Christ for some time and you find yourself becoming spiritually thirsty or spiritually tired, you got to get back to your roots. And I can't wait to keep growing with you guys. See you there. God bless.